The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to the 253rd episode of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I am joined as always by my co-host out in L.A. Newly minted rich guy, thanks to the Denver Nuggets, <laughs> Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm riding a high. I'm glad you mentioned it too. This is this whole episode should be called Victory Lap for <laughs> because look, whatever. You make fun of me for betting low stakes. And it's for me, it's just fun and entertainment. But take a little bit of pride. 20 to 1, Denver Nuggets win the title. We picked them in the preseason. Um, and it's not like people were ignoring them, but I, I think they were overlooked for sure. Like I, I think, you know, because at the time, you know, people were talking about the Clippers, people were talking about the Suns and obviously the Boston and Milwaukee were the big favorites overall. And I think most people were penciling in Denver for what, like a fourth or fifth seed, maybe. Yeah, I was actually looking right now. Um, you got a good line based on probably from Bobo Sportsbook, as we would expect, but they were eighteen hundred, like the aggregate of their title right. odds to start the year was plus eighteen hundred, and their over under was fifty one and a half. So it's it's yes, I think. High. I was going to say, I think in a lot of ways, like they certainly were an afterthought to probably even Philly as well. I, I would say, yeah. like those three Eastern Conference teams you mentioned, and then I do think you know, obviously, and Golden State, Golden remember State, defending title for sure, Golden State, and then the you know there there are a lot of other like NBA teams in the Western Conference that you can kind of talk yourself into, and I would venture to guess that like we kind of you know discussed this on the wins draft to start the year, but like. You know, maybe you like Dallas more this year. They obviously made the Western mm. Conference Finals last year. You know, maybe you liked Phoenix better this year. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine we did, honestly. But, you know, Denver's kind of in that, like, yeah, they're interesting. But, like, yeah, like well, you said. Well, Phoenix did have better odds, better higher over under. So, yeah, you're right. I think they would have been, like, the seventh or eighth best team. And my logic, can I give you my logic on why we bet them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard it plenty of times, but we need to get it recorded <laughs> for sure. No, I mean, I, I don't think you're I, th- I want to talk about this. I think it's interesting. Okay. So, my logic was... To a fewfold. One last year, Denver Nuggets. It's because if we look ahead and we do this kind of thing in the future, last year the Denver Nuggets finished forty-eight and thirty-four, and that was only the sixth seed. But that's a lot of wins, forty-eight wins, and that was without Jamal Murray healthy. That was without Michael Porter healthy, and then in general, like a trash supporting cast. Like you know, I do the LVP column or whatever. Like Falku Campazzo won LVP last year. He played a decent amount of minutes for the Nuggets. And then also on that team was Will Barton, who had been in decline and won LVP this year. So it's like a really bad team. And then to add those two stars back, to bring in Bruce Brown, who you've been high on since Detroit, you know, credit to you for that, and KCP, who's been kind of underrated. It it felt like they were primed to be a top one, two, three seed in the West. And so it's not like I thought, Hey, they're going to win the title. No, but you were, I, I will say you were the most confident in anyone I talked about that. Like if Denver gets it right. And there were a lot of ifs, right? Like 
Michael Porter Jr. played nine games last season. Jamal Murray played zero games last season, right? So that's a lot. Plus, like you said, Bruce Brown was not on the team. KCP wasn't on the team. They had to replace, you know, I think we both really like Monty Morris, right? Like I thought yes. that was a and, pretty- And honestly, that's the one thing I got wrong about Denver, I'd say, is I was factoring in a good Bones Highland season, too. I thought he would be like, not a sixth man, but like in that conversation. Addition, addition by subtraction, Apparently. I, so yeah. let's- Obviously, not to bury the lead here, but Denver yes. wins on Monday night, 94-89 to 89, in one of the ugliest basketball games I've seen in a long time. Uh, as you know, Xandrick, I've spent a lot of time in the AAU world, and I texted one of my friends, like, I think, like, midway through the fourth, there was, like, this up and down where, like, there was, like, a turnover, then a block shot, then a turnover, then somebody slipped and fell, and and I just was, like... This looks like an 11 p.m. Saturday night AAU consolation game. The teams are exhausted. Mm. They just like they got. But nothing why are they left. so tired? It is I, very interesting because it's like the league this year. I think averaged like 110 points a game, and to see these games like they're struggling to clear 100. Yeah, and I don't know. Denver, Denver probably will never would would not have shot that poorly again, right? That would be my guess. Like they were one for 17 from three, I think, in the first half. But I, I do think that there was something to be said for like they were nervous because like other than KCP like Denver missed a bunch of free throws too like this was a big moment for them right like this is like hey we got to close it out and Miami wow they did finish there they they went two and seven I think in their last nine in the playoffs which is you know basically impossible to do you know essentially I guess you could go you could go one and seven right that's the worst you could possibly do um there is a thing about Miami that that makes them like very nerve-wracking to play because they just don't quit right so if you know think about it if you're denver right if you lose on monday night you have to go back to miami yeah you're confident and you probably shot the ball terribly you made some mistakes but like you're not miami's not gonna just roll over right and I, so i think that like there were a lot of nerves and i was really well, surprised and also that- like usually you see with a title team they have that sort of like street dog kind of guy who like barking and providing the toughness. I I mean, obviously Jokic is like quietly tough, but like they don't have that guy who's like Ooh, I don't swagger know. guy. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think I understand. Like you're talking about like, do they have like Patrick Beverly or, or like a Draymond? Yeah. J- yeah. And I think that their team presents itself in a little bit of a different way because like they have Aaron Gordon who does a ton of dirty work, like probably much more than he gets credit for. But I was really impressed. I, I honestly cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I was blown away by Michael Porter the last three games wow. because That's like really a big he, he could not make a shot to save his life. Like his jumper, M- Michael, Michael Porter might be, I don't know, Zan, like outside of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like, can you give me an example? Is Michael Porter the best shooter in the NBA? Like just an elite volume jump shooter, right? No, From three. I mean, but he's he's one of them. Right? I think his size is it makes it like more sustainable and and more allows him to have that kind of shooting at that volume. Right. So, this so guy I think shot, that's an argument for that. So this guy shot four for twenty eight from three in this series. You know, fourteen percent. If you're doing some math, I think it's fourteen percent. I'm not great at math, but fourteen percent. Yeah, fourteen point three percent. He got buried early in the series for Christian Brown. Like they were closing games with another person, and Michael Porter didn't complain. He continued to try to take shots. He played very hard. He got a ton of offensive rebounds. He tried to impact the game as a cutter. And like, I don't know if that's because of Bruce Brown. I don't know if that's because of Jokic. I don't know if there was like just a collective belief, but like, I don't think Michael Porter had that in him a year ago, Zan. And I think that's the genesis of this Warriors team, or I'm sorry, of this Nuggets team. 
is that like they had the right pieces and they had the belief that like, all right, we're going to win this game. Right. Because like they just, when they needed guys to step up, they stepped up in the game in game four, Jokic had five fouls and they managed to like only lose the non Jokic minutes in the fourth quarter by a point because right. Jamal and Murray a, and like and not that's only the confidence, a chemistry, same coach for the last, whatever, five years, Seven same years. core for the last few, you know, five years, they were in the conference finals in 2020 and they lost to the Lakers. And so it's like, they've been, they've been at this level, obviously the injuries like kept them out of it, but it does feel like they were and Miami too, by the way, like Miami played, you know, well as a team, but I, I do think it shows you the difference between like a Phoenix team that's like trying to figure it out on the fly yeah. and a team that like really knows their system and their personnel. And this was this, that, that situation is, is really interesting. Cause obviously like Jokic is, you know, I still can't get over the Steve Kerr, like Draymond, like Jamal Murray is the head of the snake <laughs> thing. Cause like, I understand that Jamal Murray is a fantastic player. He was very clearly the second best player in this series, but like even as well as he played and he had two kind of like off shooting nights, like Jokic is so much better and more important to what they need from him. Right. Nobody could score in the fourth quarter and Jokic is getting these like weird ass floaters and wrong sided finishes. Well, yeah. Like, and and that's the reason, the other reason to bet them to win the title is like, there've been exceptions, but the history of the NBA suggests you want like a top five guy. Yeah. You need the best player. Most of the time you need the best player. Right. And so I I think there's only been a few series that we've watched where like, I I would say like the Warriors and Raptors, like you could argue that Kawhi was the best player, but probably we would take Steph and or KD over him. But again, top five guys. But they they also would not have won the title. If if those guys weren't hurt, like, you know, LeBron, Giannis, Steph Curry last year, like you, you basically need that. And while I think Jimmy Butler Full stop. I think he's a Hall of Famer, even though his numbers are just not going to look that way. Um, you know, Jimmy's not quite that. I mean, he was pretty dead, I thought, at the end of the at the end yeah. of the series and, you know, really struggled. One one thing that I think should be put to bed is the Jokic is like a stinky defender kind of take. Like, yeah, definitely. He was really good as a rim protector. I don't know exactly why Miami didn't put him as much pick and roll as they probably should have. They didn't really get him in space. That was kind of curious to me. I didn't think Miami made a lot of mistakes. Um but I did think they tried to force the game. Well, I think it was night. also when obviously win for Denver. Congratulations, Jokic. So lovable, I think, in terms of his personality. Did you did you hear like some of his comments after yeah, the game? Yeah, my favorite like, one was like, it's like, are you excited? He's like, Oh, I'm happy, I get to go home now. You enjoy yeah, and then in the press conference, they asked him like how he felt, and he was like, Well, you know, it's a job, and like maybe some people say they like their job, but they're probably lying. He's like, But it's good to accomplish like what your goal is. And I was like, Did this guy just compare like being an NBA player to like working in a cubicle and like it, it's he, crazy. Seemed, he seemed legitimately I don't know if you saw this clip but he seemed legitimately upset to find out that the championship parade was Thursday and he couldn't go home before <laughs> yeah it he, I love that personality because even if it's like a partly shtick I, I mean I it's just like I don't, I don't know that it is shtick I think there's a European like oh absolutely influence it's east, there, right? i think it's eastern europeans like they're yeah. just tougher they're the blue collar kind of mentality i think western europeans are a little more you know difficult um i but that's you know i think it's a win for him obviously but it's a win for two other like micro macro trends i'll give you macro trends for analytics it's like the numbers say this guy is historically good yeah, like one of like literally like one of the best 10 players of all time. Did, yeah, right? he's yeah. led like in box plus minus for the last three years. And it's like clear like and ranking up there with like Will Chamberlain. He has the highest. Times. I think he has the highest playoff block box plus minus and PER of all time as well, which is I mean, he's played a lot of playoff games at this point. The, the guy averaged 10 assists a game this year and shot 70 percent true shooting. It's just like he's a machine. 
And so it's like a win for all those people who like judge based on the eye test kind of thing against those guys. Let me ask you a question. Though. The people who are like, you know, biased against him for whatever reason. Can I ask you a question? Was there anything in this particular series that like the eye test would make you say that he was not the best player on the floor? I, but I think it's different though. Cause it's not like he's Shaq backing you down and dunking on you. Yeah. I've heard, you've like, said this before. Like he doesn't dominate the way that you'd expect. And even it's like more like Tim Duncan ish, right? Where it's just like, and he wasn't a great, I mean, he, I think he averaged what, like eight assists a game in the play, maybe yeah. seven assists in the finals, but like he averaged 14 rebounds, he averaged 30 points a game. And it's like, I mean, his numbers, it, and like you said, this was a lower scoring series, I think, than we expected from what Denver's offense is. But like, you know, Shaq had a couple like 36, 38 and 18 type games. But like, I mean, Jokic, like 30, 30, 14 and seven and a half in the finals. Like, that's pretty ridiculous. It's pretty dominant, right? Like it's. Well, and that's also another you kind of alluded to this, too. I think it's a victory. Gosh, I, rem- I wish I remember who said this. It was on some podcast and the, probably and the first scout. take probably Stephen A. Smith. No, no, I don't listen to those guys, but it was. Some scout saying at the end of the day, basketball, like we're in the height business. And there's been such a push of this idea of small ball centers not mattering. And that might be true to some extent, but it's just a matter of like size and length across the board is helpful. And I think it's even in place of athleticism where it's like Jokic is just big. Michael Porter is not an amazing athlete. He's but he's big. 6'10". Yeah. yeah. And I think that's like all things being equal, like the bigger guy has. Advantage, <laughs> so, right? all right, this is good. This is what I wanted to talk about, actually, in, in sort of like in how Denver built their team and how they got better, right? I think that Denver and, and Mike Malone and Calvin Booth, I believe both said this, so I don't want to take credit. But if you look at kind of the decisions that they made in the offseason, right, they knew they had Michael Porter coming back. They knew they had Aaron Gordon. And by the way, like Aaron Gordon, fantastic series. A, a, one of the best role players in the NBA. Obviously he's paid as, you know, quite well for his skill set, but he's a specimen, Zant. Like he's, he is bigger than Bam. Like he is bigger than the heat center. Like you can't, you can't guard him really with the smaller guy when they are able to switch. And because of who Jokic is and, and Gordon has like pretty good feel himself. He actually described himself as a point forward, which I'm not sure that I agree with, but he is a good skilled player. But they, they, they got rid of Monte Morris, right? Small backup point guard. And they got rid of Will Barton, who's like a very slight wing. And so they improved. Right. They they added Bruce Brown, who's 6'5", wing defender. They had KCP, who's a wing defender, but is built like more solidly than Will Barton. And so basically what they did was they assembled this team, adding Jeff Green, who's been there two years now, as a guy who can kind of defend. Yeah, played a lot better than I gave him credit. Yeah, for three through five he can defend. He's not amazing. And like when he had to defend Bam very shortly on Monday night, it, it didn't go super well. And then Christian Brown, who's, you know, bigger, six five, six six, like stronger wing. They essentially had all guys with the exception of Jamal Murray. And even he's big for a, a lead guard. They had all guys that were like big, long, could defend multiple positions and and mostly guys who could all make shots. And that's, I think, you know, we talk a lot about how Boston and, and and Golden State had done this with these like jumbo wings and creators. And I think Denver looked at that and was like, look, man, like Monte Morris is a great player, but it's really hard to play 25 minutes with a guy who's 5'11". Right. It's yeah. It's, and, and it's like it's sort of strength you alluded to size and strength, like like horizontal size. almost. Yeah, it, it is. It is that like, you know, Bruce Brown is a bigger guard. Right. Yeah. Like he's and he occasionally played backup point guard for them a lot played once they got rid of bones Highland, like that was what bruce brown did he was their backup ball handler and i don't think you know he wasn't that in 
Brooklyn, he was in the dunker spot. They were playing him as like the, the pick and roll man in, in Brooklyn, you know? And so, well, and I also think it shows you like, I, as we talk about the draft, maybe more next week, cause it's nine days away. The NBA draft is nine days away. When is it yeah. next Thursday? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It, but it's, I, I've been workshopping this theory that like defense. Oh, let's hear it. This is good. Let's hear it. No, but like defense is like, you have to be an athlete. You don't want to get beaten, you know, side to side. I think it's just like a reaction time thing that where it's like yeah. length is more important. Size so, is more important. Like Rudy Gobert is not, you know, Willie Cauley Stein, but he's a better he's, defender because he's longer. He might've been Willie Cauley Stein back in the day. I, I, that's a good thing. But, but I will like, say like, if you look yeah. at the guys like Jokic or you look at like Jacopoito, like, those guys are excellent at the rim, right? Like one of the things that I was most impressed with with Jokic is he stands his ground so well. And because he is so smart, he's got very active hands, right? He gets a lot of deflections. He gets steals. He gets blocks. But also like he is pretty darn good as a help defender at the rim. Like he is and he's a, a smart defender too. Like, yeah. Isn't that half of it too, where it's just like, just don't lose your man. Yeah, he did something really stupid on Monday night. Like he tried to draw a charge in the open floor to pick up his second foul. And Mike Malone, who... I think Mike Malone is a really good coach, but like it's almost like he just like forgot about Jokic or he's like stubborn and he's like, yeah, I can play these other guys. And it's like, dude, you cannot like yeah. you just you just can't. And they did an OK job, like keeping the the deficit where it was. But Jokic doesn't do that often. Like if he can't make a play on the ball, he just doesn't do it. And I think people see that and they're like, ah, he's a bad defender. But it's like, I don't know. Does he need to like over rotate and foul somebody who's going to make a layup? Like he seems to understand that. And I don't want to give him too, too much credit, but. He does seem to understand that. And like I said, I think as a pure rim protector, like he's fine. In my opinion, like he was a very, very good defender in this series. But yeah. he's very and, good and at like letting out of fouls is smart compared to like a Jaron Jackson Jr. or something yeah. like that. And he and he's tough in drop coverage, he's he's you can beat him in drop coverage because you, you saw Jimmy Butler do this when he made the two threes in a row. Because like the second one, Jokic immediately drops because he knows like he can't meet Jimmy at the point of attack, like he can't blitz him off the screen. And so Jimmy was like, all right, I know I'm shooting a three and I can step into it in rhythm, basically. And that's one big flaw, I think, with Joker is that, like, he is not quick enough to be able to bother a very good jump shooter in drop coverage. Well, he's good all, enough. Yeah. Like, well, and also, like, we a lot was made of, like, the teams they played against in terms of seeding. But in terms of personnel, like, they didn't really play, like, a Steph Curry type kind of yeah, guy. They, they, the closest was Devin Booker, who kind of lit them up. And Booker flamed them. Yeah, they won, yeah. obviously. But that, that that is that is part of this, right? That like you don't get to pick who you play, right? And you have separately, you know, trolling mostly said that like, you know, they played two eight seeds, which is true. They played a seven seed, which is true. Yeah, and they, they played a four three, seed. Three out of the four teams were in the play-in and right. were missing the And so and and part of that is like one, they get to play the Timberwolves because they were the one seed, right? So that that is deserved. Like every one seed is when the championship has played an eight seed, but it's it's an interesting thing because they did get to they did get fortunate I think with their draw right because you're right if you get Golden State like that's a much tougher matchup for this iteration of the Nuggets if you get I mean who knows if Boston is a tough matchup Zan I don't know Boston was so messed I up I thought they would have been but I, I thought Boston would have been a tough matchup too healthy Phoenix healthy Golden State would have been tougher but I mean look, what are we even talking about with bad healthy, teams what are we talking about with healthy Phoenix like. Well, Chris Paul, maybe, but like this Phoenix, they're a bad matchup for Phoenix because like the big issue with teams like Phoenix, and this is why we like Boston so much, right? Is like there, there's not a lot of issues with Boston's depth that we, so we think. Right? I think Phoenix would have won if they didn't overpay for Kevin Durant. Not that not to trade. No, him, you're, saying, like if you're they, saying if, if they, they kept, kept Cam Bridges Johnson. and they kept Cam Johnson, no way. No, no, no. You're, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if they 
got KD while keeping Cam Johnson. I don't know what world this is that you're in that these <laughs> trades are like possible, but I, I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. It's but it's an interesting thing in the sense that like Denver did seem to like their size bothered the teams they played. And then when the Lakers were able to go big, then it took away some of their advantages. They're just not that skilled, right? Like that they had to play Rui a bunch of minutes. You know, they had to play like, I don't know, Jared and Vanderbilt. Russell just never got going. And but in general, even if they play the worst teams in the playoffs, going 16 and they four. They went 16 and four. Yeah, that's like, awesome. And, and, and I want to ask you this question. They had the like, best playoff offense every single series, too. Like they just they they I understand that like the Heat series seemed relatively close. Like they lost a game, they played a couple close games, whatever, but like they ran roughshod through the playoffs, Zan. Like they did exactly what they were supposed to do. You know, the, I think I want to I want to give you some legacy overreaction questions. Oh man, I mean quick fire. Um Jokic. Let's start with Jokic, star of the night. Is Jokic, where would you rank him? Best players right now. Most people would have him one. Do you think I think he's the best player in the NBA? I said that I thought he was the best player in the NBA you, I think last he did year. A couple years ago, actually, yeah. to your credit. And I was making fun of you for it because they didn't make it in the playoffs two years ago. But come on, hold on a second. I, I actually have this open in front of me. Can we talk about I wanna I wanna go real quick into their elimination game last year in the playoffs and and like show who they actually had to play. So they lost to Golden State in the first round last year, right? Golden State won, wins the title. So game five, April 27th last year, can you name, obviously you got Jokic and Aaron Gordon as two starters. Can you name the other three starters for Denver that day? When was this against Golden State last year? Last year, two? Golden State. Um. Okay, so they, I think they were starting Will Barton, right? Will Barton, correct. They started Monty. Correct. Um, And then they had... Did they start Jeff Green? I don't they know. did. They started Jeff Green. So they were starting Jeff Green, Will Barton, Monty Morris, right? Okay, great. This was their bench. These are these four people played 10 minutes in a playoff closeout game. Ready for this? Yes. Bones Highland, somewhat expected. Yeah. 0 for 6, didn't play great. DeMarcus Cousins Ooh. had 19 points for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Bryn Forbes, uh, another goose egg in 11 minutes. <laughs> Uh, Jamichael Green, who we both actually think is pretty good, but yeah, zero points. Austin Rivers, zero points. And, uh, oh, Facundo Composo, zero yeah, points. He, he was just like a mess. Like, but... come on now. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, like this team, they played third, Jeff Green 30 minutes in a closeout game. Like, yeah, Jeff Green was an important part of their rotation. And DeAndre Jordan even got some minutes on Monday night. But, like, this Nuggets team was, like, I mean, they were so much worse last year, and they won 48 games because of Jokic, pretty much. And okay, but now um, let me get to my quick hitting game. Jokic now, all-time list. Obviously, his career is half over, but where would you compare him? His prime career, whatever you want to say, greatest of all time. Here are some comparisons. I just looked up the athletics, top players ever. Some com- potential comparisons. Kevin Garnett was ranked 17, Moses Malone 18, David Robinson ranked 20, Dirk 21. Like, where would you rank Jokic? In that range, higher or lower? Yeah, I think he's probably in that, like... Like, compared to, let's... Or compared to David Robinson. Yeah, I think you would say he's better than David Robinson. Would you say he's better than Giannis for his career? It's a tough one. Uh, I think it's probably... It's a weird one. Because both two MVPs, both one title... Jokic five-time All-NBA, right? Although this year's second-team All-NBA, both finals MVP. I think they're probably in the same tier. I would probably rather have Jokic for the for a playoff run than I would Giannis. But 
I don't know. I could probably go either way with that. I mean, the so guys. We're, also, we're saying like somewhere in the. But Carl Malone, you'd rank him higher than that, probably, right? I would have him. I would have him higher than Carl Malone. Like I think he's probably higher than. Like I, here, here are the bigs I think I would definitively rank in front of him today. Ready? Okay. Yes. I guess like. I don't know, like Bill Bill Russell, I guess, right? Yeah. Like Bill Russell, Kareem, Wilt, Shaq, yeah, yeah, uh, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, and then that's and and maybe Hakeem. He's probably in that same range. So what is that six? Yeah, uh, and those are like kind of fours and fives. But like as so much as I ahead, so right after that, basically, I think so I would in have, the sort of like fifteen. Him, I would probably have him ahead of in terms of his absolute peak, right? And Dirk had a great, you know, and Dirk and KG were fantastic players. I'd probably have Jokic, and this might be a little bit of recency bias, just in the sense that we're watching this night in and night out, and Jokic is so different than who he plays against, but I think I'd probably have Jokic in that tier with, like, Dirk, KG, I guess Carl Malone, I don't know, I could... I think he's high. I mean, I think peak he's higher than those guys, because for this three-year stretch with two MVPs, maybe <laughs> just he should have won three. Just insane, like... And just, just like, cruising to a title. Like, that's wire to wire, one seed to title. I don't, you know, KG never did that. I mean, as his like playoff numbers, his playoff numbers are just insane. Like yeah. for his career in the playoffs, 27 and a half, 12 and seven on 53%, like 53, 41, 83. I mean, that's nuts. Like every single year he's been 25, 13 and nine, 24, 10 and eight, 30, 11 and a half and eight, 31, 13 and 10, 30, 13 and a half and 10. Like the numbers are ridiculous. Okay. But moving on, let's say Jamal Murray, where does this legacy now? Cause I think he's never made an all-star team. He's been on the fringes. I think he's probably considered like the 30th best player coming into this series. Maybe like, do you, do you think he's elevated into like the top 20, top 15? Yeah. And I think, I think it's fair to say that like, we probably all assumed that Jamal Murray could get to this point based on what we saw from like bubble Jamal Murray. And then he gets hurt and he's pretty much, you know, this is almost two years. Right. So I think that like you asked me, would I rather have Kyrie or Jamal Murray? And obviously, I, I would take Jamal Murray just all-encompassing everything. But I do think from a basketball perspective, it's like a real question, right? And I think right. if you had said that to somebody last year, they'd have laughed in your face and been like, of course not. But, like, do I think – you know, I would be very comfortable saying that I think I would consider Jamal Murray in that same tier that I do, like, Donovan Mitchell. Like, probably right. so that, like, second or team, Young? third what team all-NBA type. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd rather have Jamal Murray than Trey Young personally, but – a lot of that's a size thing, I think. And, it, you know, it's it's also tougher not knowing, you know, what do we know about his knee? And, and also, like, he does this thing where he really elevates his game in the playoffs. So I don't know what happens to him in the regular season if he, like, just, you know, they do put it on cruise control. But, I, I mean, I think Jamal Murray is, like, comfortably one of the 15 best players in the NBA, right? I don't know. I mean, like, the stats. Would you rather have it's... Jamal Murray or Jalen Brown? Jamal Murray. I, I'm not a big Jalen Brown guy. but I, Would just you rather have Jamal him... Murray or Pascal Siakam? Jim, I'm not a huge Pascal guy, but I'd rather have, I'll give you gut comparative guys. Like I think you'd have to put, what about like Bradley Beal or, you know, I'd rather have Murray, Zach Levine. I'd rather have Murray. Kyrie. Look at just to say, I do. I do like Zach Levine. (laughs) Zach, I mean, Kyrie Irving, you know, maybe he's the worst defender, but he averaged seven more points this year than Murray. He (laughs) he shot it 30% better. Anybody who, uh, we do let our heads get clouded about like, you know, Kyrie, the martyr, but like he is an yeah. unbelievable basketball player. I mean, like, he averaged 27 points, shot 49% from the field, 
this year. Like, not- you got to think that like Murray's more reliable than Kyrie, just from a health standpoint too. Like when you know, obviously he had a really bad ACL injury, but like Kyrie has a bunch of nicks and bruises all year. I don't think he's played sixty games. And like I think and, I read that in terms of box plus minus, Kyrie plus four. Murray plus one and a half. I mean, there's so, probably an argument that Kyrie Irving is like one of, one of like the 10 best players in the NBA yeah. on a game to game basis. Right. Like, and this is, you know, we, we tend to talk about this a lot, but I just, but I think you start adding it up like him, Dame, you know, Giannis, obviously like Jimmy Butler, who would you have to have for next season? Jimmy Butler or Jamal Murray for next season. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Do I get Jokic on my team at the same time? <laughs> It's I so hard I, to, I to not say Murray just because we just watched him win but a it's title. Also, but it's also very interesting because of what intrinsically, like what Jimmy Butler brings to the table is, you know, like he sets the standard every single day for your team. Right. And so I think I would prefer Jimmy Butler, but very close. Like I'd rather have Paul George, I think, than Jamal Murray for one for one year. Right. I, I think, well, you know, Murray's a young guy. Like, you well, know, let me give you the one last. Um, Legacy question. Compare this Denver team who was pretty good. I mean, very good, but not great in the regular season. Great in the playoffs to other title teams that we've seen recently. I'm just comparing them to the teams that won one title. So compare them to Milwaukee from two years ago. Do you think they're better or worse? I think they're better. What about Toronto from four or five years ago? I think they're probably better. So, all right. What about? I think Milwaukee than, was better than that Toronto team too. But Kawhi is so good in the playoffs. Like it makes me think that like maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering it wrong. And because of the Golden State like injury thing, like maybe I'm not giving Toronto. What about the Kobe? Credit. They won two titles, but the Kobe Paul Gasol team. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is this is too hard to 15, think about. It's like 15 but, years ago, right? Like, like so I, you're I think, saying they're like a worthy, you know, average to above average champion. I right? think they're a really good champion, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I think, you know. I think our minds were like very skewed because from like 1415 to the end of the KD years, like the Warriors were so good. And then Cleveland was also yeah. really good. Right. And so like, I'm not saying that I think that the the Cleveland team with LeBron and, and Kevin Love and Kyrie that, that ended up coming back from the three, one lead is like definitively better than golden or than uh, Denver. But like, I, I don't, I don't know the answer, right? Like it's, you don't get to, Jokic is at the absolute like peak of like his career, right? Like I, I'm not saying that there isn't another level for him to go to. He always adds something else to his game, and but he got himself into such amazing shape this year. Like I just I don't know how many better, truly like individual better performances that we will get in the playoffs than we got from this guy this year, right? He led the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. Finals MVP, Western Conference Finals MVP. His team basically, won, you know, like they went 16 and four, like. So I'm not saying that, you know, Miami Heat LeBron or 2016 LeBron was like worse than Jokic. I'm not saying that at all. But I just mean that like Jokic gives them a chance, I think, against any team save the 17-18 Warriors. I, I just I, don't. I felt like it really clicked. So age-wise, Jokic 28, Murray 26. Michael Porter, your new favorite player, is turning 25. <laughs> I just I, it's, not, it's not that he's my new favorite player. It's just that I always... There was something about this Denver team that I think made them like eminently likable as well, yeah, right? Definitely. They have a lot of like likable personalities. I, 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 it struck me after the game how excited Michael Porter in an in an interview and Aaron Gordon in an interview were about Bruce Brown getting paid a lot of money this offseason. Like 
because they're going to lose Bruce Brown, right? Like they, they cannot keep him. And Bruce he Brown would be said he didn't care about the money that much, but it's hard to turn down. A lot I mean, if somebody offers like, let, let's say, let's do a thought exercise. You get offered four years, 60 million or four years or two years, 28 million. Which one are you take in Zant? Like, and I, I think is, if you're Bruce Brown, you got to cash in. That's what I'm saying. This is, yeah. if you're Bruce Brown, this is probably your only chance to get an extended, like long-term deal. And I, I Bruce Brown, to his credit, it's, like he may not care, right? Like he he seems like an extremely like winning player. It seems like he's having a great time there. They asked Contavious Caldwell Pope what he was going to do in the offseason. He said him and Bruce Brown were going to play golf every day. They were everybody called him Brucey B, whatever. But like they seemed so excited for him. And then also like your buddy Steve Nash, who you defended as a coach. Yeah, tough one for me. Uh, Brooklyn two years ago started the year with. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, James Harden. They have Bruce Brown and Nick right. Claxton. And you don't role. you don't get to hand wave away that Kyrie Irving wasn't there, but you don't get to say that. But I mean, like they they had the pieces, and they, I don't think they appreciated anything. Um, well, they wanted. Yeah, I Bruce think they Brown, wanted like, to keep Bruce Brown. I don't think Bruce Brown wanted to stay there. But he didn't sign for big money in Denver. Six I'm and surprised half, six and a half million, right, with a player option for the second yeah. year, which he'll certainly be opting out of. But also, but like, like in terms of ages of these guys at the core, this is just their age season, which according to basketball reference. So you know, they might have turned a year older by now. But in the middle of the season, Jokic 27, Murray 25, KCP just turned 30. He's the oldest guy in like the top six. Like, yeah, just if they signed Bruce though. Brown. And they, you know, Christian Brown gets a little better. Maybe Zeke Naji gets a little better. And then you're talking about Peyton Watson. Oh, your Watson. boy is Peyton Watson. That's that's the guy that everyone says is going to fill like the Bruce Brown role as like a defender. And he's 6'8". By the um, way, I, I know I texted you this, but like, so Peyton Watson is 20 years old. And like, Peyton Watson definitely was like in the champagne celebrations. And, I, you know, I don't really care what the drinking age is, is, to be honest with you, but it is always funny. Like this happened with the with the Nationals too, where like Juan Soto was not 21 years old yet. And it's like, you have these kids and you have all these grownups around them that are like crying and they've accomplished their life's goal. And KCP's kids are with him and Peyton Watson is like a teenager celebrating with like nice champagne. No, I didn't realize Peyton Watson. He was born in Beverly Hills. Yeah. I think he was born in the same hospital. I was. No, oh my God. Yeah. All you rich guys just stick together, huh? So well, yeah, we're, we're soaking in the champagne together. I so think. let me, let me ask you this question about Denver. Do you think that they should be favorites to win the title next year? That's what I was getting at. And I do think they will be. They are now. They moved past Boston. I do think the, the Bruce favorite Brown, like a week ago. I do think the Bruce Brown thing matters quite a bit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that, like, you can't find contracts to replace them. But they are paying, you know, Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter on max deals. That Porter max deal is probably going to not look so good in a couple of years. But he, he could get better, you know, and he won't forget how to shoot again, I don't think. But... They they don't have these kind of like bloated contracts around them. So, you know, KCP makes very reasonable money for what he does, right? Their fifth starter, he makes like 15 million a year. Aaron Gordon makes like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 something million a year, like 22 million. And he's obviously very valuable. So the issue is like the Bruce Brown thing, right? Like he makes six and a half million. Like Bruce Brown probably should be making KCP two ish money, right? Like, Bruce Brown, $15 million a year. That seems pretty fair for what he does. Could you theoretically, if you wanted to, trade KCP just to clean off the books and then sign Bruce Brown? I don't think they want... You know, it, 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 there's this interesting thing in team building where, like... And you you criticize me a lot because I'm always like, you know, 
you these guys you want to view people as human beings right and not contracts and that's yeah. where you know a lot of times i think we both look at contracts me especially i'm a guy yeah get him out of here whatever but like this denver team was kind of interesting in the sense that they played eight guys kcp like you said oldest starter and then jeff green was definitively in their rotation as a 36 year old or whatever but they also had all season they had deandre jordan and ish smith and then they added reggie jackson and right. like it, it's it's interesting because Ish Smith and Jeff Green are considered like two of the nicest guys in the NBA. I, I separately knew several different people tell me that like they were so happy that those two guys got rings because like so their veteran presence, like I think that mattered quite a bit to Denver. And like credit to DeAndre Jordan, he gets in a game for three minutes, has a block shot. He didn't look like, you know, you don't yeah, want to play him very a lot. Engaged he was the, engaged. Like, and it's easy to just say that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need these vets, but like obviously but Miami I think has, the biggest thing to worry about if you're Denver. Bruce Brown, certainly, but just a depth issue. Because to your point, like, who Murray is not the most durable guy. He's coming off the injury, so you just don't know. Double that for Michael Porter. Michael Porter, you got no, you got no clue. Like, right. I thought it was interesting. He said, like, I, I wasn't really supposed to be here, which is true. Like, his pre-draft physical, the Clippers doctor failed him, was like, <laughs> do not do not draft this guy. And But, like, at point guard, so you got rid of Monty Morris. Bones Highland didn't work out. Reg, you bring in Reggie Jackson, didn't work out. You have Ish Smith on the roster you don't trust. Well, their backup point guard is Bruce Brown. Right. That, 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 that's who their backup And he might players. leave. So do you trust Colin Gillespie, your buddy? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And, and, and then back, also- So backup point guard and backup center in the playoffs turns out it didn't matter because your guys can play 40 minutes, but for the next regular season, that makes me worried in terms of their ability to win like, 60 games. Well, you need to be, I hate to say this, right? Cause this, this sounds so simplistic, but like you need luck on your side, right? Like, yeah. and Denver has been, I would say like marginally unlucky lately. And this year they were not their guy. Like you said, I mean, Jokic and Murray, did they, they averaged 40 minutes a game for the series, right? I'm yeah, sure. They but did. That, that would scare me if I'm Denver from a team building perspective It's like, the West is pretty tight still. So as good as you are, can you survive Jokic missing 30 games next year and make the playoffs? No, of course not. But he's the best player in the world. You can't Well, survive. can you survive him missing 20 games? Well, yeah. I he, don't know. Th- he missed a bunch of games this year, right? Yeah, like he paid, did he miss? What did he play? 58 games this year? Games. Yeah. And, and a lot of it was like the end of the season, like they went 7 and 10 because they were just like, hey. Like I, I give I give Denver credit. One of the things that they did this year is something that I've yelled about for years on this show is that you need to use the regular season. If you know you're going to make the playoffs and you you know you're pretty set, like and they were lucky in the sense that they kind of jumped out to a big enough lead and then Memphis had a bunch of like random turmoil, right? So Denver knew they were going to be the one seed. So what they were able to do is one, rest their guys strategically, but also like play some other guys. Like Christian Brown played for them all year, right? And I don't think Christian Brown's a great player. I don't think he was even, I don't even think he was like fantastic in the finals, but like he was a live body who knew what he was doing, right? He was prepared to play and not panic. And I think they did a great job of that. It's it's like, that's what you need to do. You need to play Jeff Green as a small ball five a bunch, and you need to play certain lineups together so that they know what's going on if and when they're called on. And that's, I thought Denver did an awesome job of that this year. So you would say they're the favorites next year. I mean, in the West, who scares you? Dallas Dallas scares me always because I think they have the upside. Well, and also, so Jokic has been fantastic for years, right? But I I do think his conditioning got, you know, he got dumped on a lot for like not being in shape and not being good defensively. And like he came into the season this year in incredibly good shape, right? He held up the entire season. You know, yeah, he looks, you know, at the end of games, he looks like he's got a refrigerator on his back, but like everybody looked that way. And so I I worry that like Luca 
one, I worry that like Dallas figures out a situation where like Luca only needs to play like 32 minutes a game in the regular season, kind of like Milwaukee did with Giannis. And I I just worry that like, if, if I'm the rest of the NBA, that like at a certain point, like Luca's going to come for that, like number one spot in my opinion. And he's one of the guys that's close enough to come and take it, I would say. And so they worry me for sure. But now if they re-sign Kyrie, like I, I have no idea. But you could see them catching lightning in a bottle for a year with those two guys and being yeah. an absolute nightmare to try to defend. Yeah, I look at the teams with like not necessarily are there yet, but have that potential. And I think Dallas, I think they make the right moves. I think you're right. I mean, Phoenix is probably in that. Like, I don't know what they'll get conceivably if they trade Chris Paul. You know, it was reported that Chris Paul is being waived. That hasn't happened yet, so... Yeah, well, like, what's up with that? Like, yeah, he I might resign I for a saw, super deal. And then I saw somebody say that, like, Chris Paul, I think it was Chris Haynes, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to, like, misattribute this because I'm going to make fun of him. But whoever said it was like, yeah, Chris Paul envisions playing, like, three or four more years. He's got a high-level game left in his body, and he's going to, like, help a team compete for titles. Uh, What? Like, yeah, sure. He may think he's going to do that. But, but on the right team, if he goes to, like, the Chris Clippers, Paul's a good player. He just yeah. is not able to play for – like Chris Paul, he should be on your shortened season plan that you proposed yeah. for Embiid back in the day and Zion, like where you start your season with 30 right. games left. That's that's the Chris Paul plan, I think, now. Because he's really yeah. good when he's healthy, but he's he just can't hold up. And it's and I think those like looking ahead to the offseason, I think those are the big dominoes. Not what about Chris the late what about the Lakers? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like Kyrie's a big domino to fall. Damian Lillard if he gets traded. Chris Paul on a minor level. But I do think Chris Paul can Tilt the needle. Chris if you Paul go from is very Angela Russell to Chris Paul. Yeah, you're you're probably quite a bit better until you get hunted in the playoffs. All right, we yeah. we doted on Denver quite a bit. I I want to talk about Miami for before we sign off. Is that all right okay. with you? Yeah, of course. All right, so and next week we'll talk the draft. We'll right? talk the draft. Yeah, yeah. you know, Wemby is going one overall. Yeah, it's great. You think great, he's great, great analysis. I did. I don't think he's overrated. We've talked about this several different times, but all right, let's talk about Miami. Eight seed. Uh, Wait, can I say lead. one thing that I saw of Uwembe that we'll talk about next week too, more right. on, but a little preview, like yeah, let's hear from the next week. Let's hear it. There's this video, you know, when players walk down the tunnel. Yes. And they go back to the locker room. And there's fans like above the tunnel, like waving to them and trying to get their autographs and stuff. Wemby was walking back and this little kid was like trying to get his autograph. He just reaches. Yeah, I mean, the guy's like seven five, and signs it and hands it back. Like he didn't even have to. Like, I'm like this guy is like he's the biggest human. human he's I've he's ever huge. Seen. Like the picture with him and Adam Silver is going to be great. Like it's going to yeah. be fantastic. He's like a pterodactyl, and like it's, it's crazy. Anyway, all right. So let's talk about Miami. Basically, three minutes away from not even making the playoffs, they they have yeah. this run. Um, you know, and Bam Adebayo, I think, in his presser after the game was like. You know, people are going to say if you're an eight seed, you can't win. And like, uh, you know, this is we we showed like you you can win. But I think the bottom line here is that like as great as this run was and, you know, coupled it with like some hot shooting and, and some luck in terms of like what was going on elsewhere. Miami was just not good enough as constructed to win a title against a good team. Right. They just yeah. weren't. Right? And again, not like beat, three series in a row. No. You know? and, they, and they beat they beat Boston, who I think. You know, I personally thought Boston was a better team than Denver going into the playoffs, and mm-hmm. they they did not show it, and that's fine. But, you know, Miami just – they were outclassed in this series. And so I'm curious, like, you know, you had kind of said, like, you know, they'd be kind of interesting with Dame. Like, what can they do here? But they, they don't have a ton of maneuverability, right? They have Bama the max, and Jimmy's 33, and he's not really the same guy – in the regular season, yeah, he doesn't I, always play as many games. Well, so, like, what do they do, basically? What does Jimmy Butler have to do to receive the same sort of criticism as every other superstar? Because it's like everyone laps it up when he's great, 
but he has like bad moments and people just like, ignore well, he did. It. <laughs> he did. I do want to, I guess, I, I guess this is a good time for this discussion. So obviously Jimmy did have an issue in terms of, you know, he kicked Aaron Gordon in the nuts. And uh, uh, that, one, uh, that one, was one another of, legacy question. Was that the worst call that's in the wor- finals history? So, so, even if I agree that Mark Davis like interpreted the rule correctly, which I, I don't agree with the, the nature of the rule should not be that right. Like he said that Jimmy Butler made a natural move and Jimmy has to, to his credit, like Jimmy always does this, like where he kicks his legs out. Cause you want to get guys to land in your landing space. And then like you get three free throws, but like Aaron Gordon stopped and then got kicked in the nuts and they watched it on replay. And then also in terms it. of the landing spot, like he moved his leg back to avoid like what? So, so here's my thing. If you don't want to call it a flagrant foul, right? Like if James Harden did that, it would have been a flagrant one, right? Cause like, that's what you oh. do for that guy. Like excessive contact. Don't even, you don't even need to call it an offensive foul. If you don't want to, if you don't want to like influence the game, you can look at that call and say like, look, this was not a foul. And just make it a jump ball. Like, you don't have to give the ball to Denver. But, like, well, the I think it's a little bit of like Jimmy Butler in that moment looked like old when LeBron gets old and tired some games. He He's like, I'm just going to shoot some threes. I'm tired. <laughs> he did. He did do that. The third three yeah. he took, he did it's, do that. And then yeah. the one And, to like, end Jimmy, the game, like, he was basically. not, he looked like he was not. And he had that turnover too where he drove. That's, well, that, so, so that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. there was a, th- there were the, those three shots basically. So the, the turnover to KCP was really bad. The shot that he got the three free throws on was really bad. And then he had the shot after that where he was like kind of fading away and he just threw it off the backboard. And like that was terrible too. You know what I mean? Like he and I and I think that he just was exhausted. I've heard the ankle injury was worse yeah. than people said, but like he just had no legs left at the end of the game. And he really put up a stinker in a game that they needed him. And so well, and I don't talk about that, like t- the playoffs, you know, making the playoffs is not that easy. If I'm Miami. I don't even know if my goal is to like make the finals again. It's like, let's just make sure we make the playoffs again. So that's, that's what I was going to say, right? They've, this is so when you say that Jimmy doesn't get the same criticism as other superstars, my, I think my argument to this would be the heat have been in the Eastern conference finals three years in a row. They've right. been in the finals two of the last three years. They were in game seven of the Eastern conference finals last year. Jimmy missed a shot at the buzzer to go to the finals. So yeah, we look at this Heat team and we think they're not very good. And we think that Jimmy maybe doesn't do the same things as other superstars. But like, other than the fact that he hasn't won any titles yet, like Jimmy has a very Kawhi Leonard, like playoff Jimmy type thing, right? Where you just know what you're going to get when you're in the playoffs. Like you get in the playoffs and Jimmy Butler will carry you as far as he possibly can. And they've won the Eastern Conference two of the last three years and they were one possession away the other year. So, well, I, I think if you're Miami, if I'm the GM or I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Two out of the last four years and three out of the last four years in the Eastern, Con- Eastern Conference like Finals. Because it was bubble, then Milwaukee, then oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But if I'm Miami, if I'm Pat Riley, I would I wish people could see your hair right now because you just <laughs> slick back like Pat Riley. And it's you're like in LA. Tim Robinson, if you watch it, if you watch season one, but um sloppy stakes. I mean sloppy stakes, give and takes. And I think they need to make a big move because you're so pot committed to this roster and the Jimmy Butler contract is getting bigger as he's going to get worse. And so I think they need to go for like a Dame or a Chris Paul or something, so, but like, yeah, Chris Paul is probably the one that makes the most sense. I think I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll, you have I don't Tyler think it'll Hero. Happen. I think if they keep the same roster, it's like, look, we played well without Tyler hero, but Tyler hero is probably long-term better than Lowry and even Vincent. And it's just like, we got to well, yeah, trust him. So are they, 
what do you pay Struis and Vincent, right? Vincent, two very good games in the finals, three very liability type games in the finals. Struis, and almost like good for their books that he didn't play well in the finals. Like, I don't think other teams are looking at him as a starter. No, but this is a team that like their rotation in the playoffs was like Cody Zeller, Kevin Love, Haywood Highsmith played in games, like Gabe Vincent, Max Struis, like, Duncan Robinson uh, deserves a lot of credit, I think, because he was in the rotation. He was out of the rotation. Yeah, they had to zone when he was in the game, but he also was pretty darn good off the bounce, like was pretty good in the two-man game with Bam and with, you know, as a lift guy with Jimmy. Like, so I I think you have some things here, but your flexibility is probably like you get off the Duncan Robinson contract, you get off the Kyle Lowry contract, and then you try to make some moves from there. But are you net better without Duncan Robinson? Like, no, I I think their offense is better with him. Yeah, like he played really well, and I understand that. I, I wonder if they like look at improvement from within, you know, one guy we didn't mention because he wasn't playing was Victor Oladipo. And like, he didn't play that well this year, He but he played 26 minutes a night for half the year and, and like shot under 40%. Is it a coincidence that they played better without him? It I doesn't matter. He's not going to play this season anyway. No, but I'm saying like, so but he maybe is you picking were better. up his option. So but maybe you were better without him and that will make your record look better next year. So maybe you are a top four team in the East. I think that's their hope, but I think, yeah, I think they need some help because, like, you know, Boston's not going away. Maybe they are going away. They did hire Boston's going away. No, no, they hired Sam Cassell and they hired Charles Lee, right? So they got two kind of adults in the room, if you will, I suppose. Milwaukee's not going away. I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Middleton. They they probably need him to opt out and sign for less. He makes forty million this year. He could be washed. Milwaukee's probably going to be the West. I mean, to their credit, the East looks like it's been really strong this year. Looks like it's getting thinner at the top because I don't know. Philly, Milwaukee's Philly, getting older. Philly's getting older. You know. Well, your stars in the East though are you know Jimmy's thirty three, Embiid's going to be thirty, Harden's over thirty, Giannis is obviously young, but Middleton's over thirty. So like, if you look at your your kind of like your your is Eastern it home. is next year the year Cleveland takes that leap? You think if they fix the roster? I don't know. What, like, do, what do we think? It, what do we think is going on like behind the scenes with like Donovan Mitchell there? Like. Or what's going like happy. are they is he showing up to every other game? He he likes basketball, man. He likes basketball. He likes the Mets too. It's like That's, if your girlfriend starts like texting other guys, you're like, well, what's going on here? I don't know. I didn't see where they're the, the celebs I saw in the building uh on Monday night were like Peyton Manning, right? That, yeah. Apparently, we've like totally whitewashed the fact that like Peyton Manning was like this amazing Colts quarterback because he like lives in Denver and he won a Super Bowl in Denver, but it's like Peyton Manning's like Denver's favorite son. But they showed like they showed like Peyton Manning, they showed Russ. And Sierra, and they showed like Sean Payton, and I was like, "What is it? like?" ESPN is like so committed to the NFL, man. There had to be other celebrities there, right? I don't know in Denver. I don't know. What's funny? You, Where's you Blake got, J. Harris? He moved to Colorado and they won the title. Yeah, but he's he was in Miami, probably oh, at Live celebrating. I, I do think it's funny. Um, I was talking to one of my friends who works in the NBA for a playoff team, and they, I was asking, like, you know, what was going to be the celebrity to like ring to like do whatever they needed, right? Like, you know, who's your, who's your token celebrity? And uh, it's always funny to see, like, which celebrities root for specific teams, like, have, like, real fandom. Like, you remember, like, Frankie Muniz was, like, a big Clippers fan back yeah, in the day back when the when Clippers sucked. Cool. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's funny. I, Denver doesn't really seem to have any, like, like, I remember the Chiefs, like, Paul Rudd is, like, a huge Chiefs fan. Well, forget this. We're, I want your year-end recap. I'm curious, how much time do you have left? Whatever you need. Okay, because I want to know your dealer's choice. If you want to look at season recaps, like, your best take, your worst take. And then I want you to make a really bold t- 
title pick from ne- next year with the caveat that you why cannot do I have to, take Denver. Why do I have to make a... Okay, so my, my best call this year was that I said Jokic was the best player in the world. But I also said, said that, that, yeah, before, well before, like last, yeah. I think it was but the I year also said, I also said that I thought Embiid was going to win MVP this year because we both kind of understand how narratives work. But I think that was my best take. Uh, okay, what what's was my, your worst? What, was my like, what worst do you really take? take? And not just like, hey, I thought Boston was good. Like, what do you, were you so wrong about that you were shocked? And yes. I have a couple. Like, I thought ones that I was wrong. You know, stuff that I was wrong about. I don't remember. I, you're wrong most of the time. I am wrong a lot. Through. I'm trying to think of like. What I was really wrong. I mean, I was wrong. Like with like me the, thinking Josh Jackson would be an all-star like that. I mean, I was wrong about the heat every single game of the playoffs true. until, until, until like the last, the last, like, I, I guess the, you know, you, you want to know like what I really feel that I was wrong about. I was totally wrong about Jordan Poole this year in Golden State. And it's not that I thought he would be that he was bad. Like, I don't think he was bad, but like, him signing that contract, I was like, man, this is great. This guy's going to take the next step. Like they've got another scorer, and he just isn't quite that guy. Like, yeah, they're better when he plays, but like Poole is not, in my opinion, a reliable guy. And I think that's a big part of why Golden State kind of spun their wheels this year. That that they had some some issues internally, but also like Poole just isn't ready to be that guy that like Clay Thompson was. You know, where you just show up every night and you're like, I, I, they need me. So I was wrong about that for sure. I mean, I was so wrong. I was really wrong about Boston. Um, well, I mean, they they went they had the conference finals. I think the ones that I look at for myself, like I'm just not shocked, but like the most surprising. I agree. Like Miami's run was really uh, surprising. Toronto, I'm surprised they only went 41 and 41. Like I thought they could get back into the top five, partly because of Nick Nurse as a coach. Similarly, we were both high on Chris Finch, and I'm surprised the Minnesota thing just like didn't work at all. I, not that I thought it would it made sense, but I'm like, there's enough talent. Here. I definitely was coaching I, town here. I definitely wouldn't say that. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I was wrong about. I was wrong about Austin Reeves. Like, I was like, there's no way the Lakers can be good playing this guy as many minutes as they did, and he turned out to be like their third best player down the stretch. So Austin. That's the Reeves, last thing I was wrong about. I thought Oklahoma City would win 20 games. I didn't think Shea Gildas Alexander was this good. He averaged 30 points this year. I mean, like they were legitimately like pretty decent team, you know. I thought they would be like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and I, I guess one more player one. This is this one is bad because we've talked about this, but I was I've been wrong about Jalen Brunson now for yeah, ten years. That's... Like, but Jalen Brunson is a fantastic NBA player, and I, I thought he was a good NBA player. Like, you know, good being relative, but Jalen Brunson's like an NBA star, and I did not see that coming. And he was awesome this year. So, looking ahead really early this is something you could tout you know next year as what you were right about if you were so take denver off the table even take boston and milwaukee off the table why do i have to take anyone off the table like (laughs) i'm just saying because that's too obvious you say boston denver finals i want a bold finals pick for next year because dallas would have been it if you if you think they actually have that upside all right fine i'll give you a really bold one okay well i don't know what what do we think is going to happen with this zion williamson uh like woman drama like do we and, and also i saw a commercial with zion williamson today where he was in a starry ad i guess that used to be sierra mist with carl towns and yeah. uh angel reese from lsu and i'm not gonna lie to you it looked like they had to put zion in like a 4xl shirt so that like he seemed well why ready. is everyone complaining that i, I Zion's wanted, working out with the ladies isn't that part of his getting <laughs> I, I really i would really like to pick uh New Orleans as like the sneaky finals pick, right? They won 42 games yeah. this year. We know how good Zion is, but like there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. So I, I don't, 
I don't really know. And obviously I don't feel comfortable picking like Memphis because, you know, Adam Silver was like literally waiting at the podium to like give the Larry O'Brien trophy out and then be like, Ja, you're suspended for X number of games. But I guess if like I have to make a, I guess I'd pick Minnesota. I don't know. Phoenix. I yeah, that'd I be interesting. Minnesota. There's, there's I think talk is, about them trading cat, which would be surprising. But like, but... I don't understand why I have to do this. Like, I, I would pick. Boston. <laughs> I don't know. I'm giving you the opportunity. I, I don't. If you're telling me like teams that I think like Dallas is is clearly the one team that I think you know Dallas ended up. Well, that's winning, a good what, one. Thirty. Like, they won thirty eight games this year. They could like, yeah, easily they, win fifty five next year. Right. They were in the conference finals two years ago. If they if they just kind of improve on the margins, or just a reef. How about Indi- How about Indiana? I like Indiana. I like their spot in the draft too. Like they're going to add like a pretty good forward. Are they? This yeah. is a weird. This is a weird draft. I mean, sure. maybe not a contributor next year, but I like their spot. Like, what about Atlanta if they like get rid of either Trey or Murray and Quinn takes the next step up? Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta seems like a team that will be much better in the regular se- season because of Quinn Snyder. Yeah, and I think Minnesota's that. I think. You know, in terms I hate of, to tell I hate to tell you this, but like the most boring answer is that like Boston is probably the best team in the league. Sure. And I still think and I still think that's the truth. I am very curious to see, you know, what Sam Cassell and Charles Lee bring in terms of like stability. I'm curious to see how Joe Mazzulic grows because I think coaches get better. Like that's that's one thing that I really feel like is a market inefficiency, especially from the fan perspective, is like coaches get better. They realize that like Mike Bodenholzer has is a is a good example of this. Like he in Atlanta, like he just did some like hilariously boneheaded things, and in Milwaukee, he did some really boneheaded things, and then like you know he was able to become a title worthy head coach. Like Monty Williams wasn't great in New Orleans, right, and got a lot better in Phoenix. And so I do think that Missoula has some growth, and with this roster, kind of the way it's put together, and maybe an improvement over Al Horford, maybe a full Robert Williams. That's probably where I. They, well, they're the, pretty good. I I think I the ones we talked about. I like the idea of Atlanta taking a jump. I like I the idea really, of Minnesota taking a jump, really Dallas like taking a jump. Idea. I don't really like that idea. I guess we also need to wait for like free agency and the draft sure. to see like where guys go. I, I do. It's funny. I look at this Miami roster and I'm just like, man, this team is not that good. And I no. look at like other rosters in the East and I'm like, why can't they do what Miami did? And I think we don't truly do a good enough job as like, well, to the two of us for sure, but in general, like in in evaluating teams, we don't truly do a good enough job of like evaluating how teams play, how, what their culture is, what everybody's role is, and I truly think that's why this year's Denver team was so fun to watch. Is like they seemed very much like an actual team, right? Like they had the right pieces in place. They they really wanted to win. It was kind of fun. Their fans seemed like really into it. First title in forty six years. Like Popeye Jones is one of their assistants, right? He was in tears thanking Jokic. Like you don't mm. see that a lot of times. And so I I am wondering who's going to be the next team to kind of put their team together like this, where they end up with like a, a pretty awesome kind of like machine, if you will. Because we haven't seen it in a lot of years, right? Because Golden like State just kind of like Golden State just kind of like broke the Well, like you know broke- who has a chance to be like an organic, not title team, maybe, but good team. Who you got? I'm looking at Orlando. You have Paolo, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter. Isn't it Oklahoma City? Like they get Chet back and he's the best player in the NBA like you expect. Who's going to be better next year, Chet or Wemby? I think Chet is going to be really good. You love Chet. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people I've talked to. They don't think he's going to be as good as Peyton Watson, but they think he's going to be pretty good. (laughs) But like Orlando, sixth pick, 12th pick. All right, give me – how about this? Give me one outrageous – 
prediction prediction that is not like who's going to win the title just give me an nba prediction next year that's like off the wall like what's one thing that like you're gonna you're gonna like squat on i mean you could say like no i'll say say, second team all nba yeah i think Wemby's gonna be really good i think chet's gonna be really good i think i think Wemby's gonna be really good that's your off the wall take no but i mean like in the sense that like he could be like an all defensive player the first year um which Chet, is or Wem- Chet or Wemby? Well, both, but maybe Wemby will get more attention. I, my prediction, my bold prediction is Brooklyn, like on paper, you'd say, hey, we took a shot, didn't work out, time to rebuild. I just think there's so many pieces there that I think they are such a good landing spot for a star. I think there's there's going to be a major move and some star is going to go to Brooklyn. And maybe it's Damian Lillard. But like, it's just there. The role players are there. The market is there. You know, like I, I just can't see them just like going back into total rebuild mode. And I don't even know if they own all their picks. So why would they? Yeah, they don't own all their picks. So it certainly makes sense for them to not do that. All right. I got one for you. Okay. I am very much ready to, I can't believe Jalen Brunson has had an awesome season. I think that Jalen Green is going to get some all NBA votes next year. Wow, that's as bold as it gets. I don't I don't know that like he's going to make an all NBA team and I will not take credit for this if like a Houston beat writer votes him like all NBA third team, but I think there's going to be like a Jalen Green big jump, I think. And one more prediction for me. I I hope Milwaukee because they clearly were not satisfied with their season, nor should they be, but will make that big move for I don't think they can get like a Bradley Beal, but even like a Gary Trent Jr. or some like good shooting. Well, he's guard. a free agent, right? Yeah. And he, you know, Toronto, the coach came from Toronto. I think if they want to keep Giannis past the next couple of years, like they have to make moves. Right. I feel like they've been too satisfied. Like, well, this was the fifth time we've done a podcast about yeah. NBA champions. It could have been sixth. I don't know. I think it's the fifth. So Shout out to us, 253 episodes and counting. Uh, NBA Draft next week, this is your favorite episode. I'm going to need you to send me the behind-the-scenes thing again about, like, the top prospects because I, I need to, like, actually do some – I've watched film on, like, the top, like, four or five guys pretty a pretty extensive about, but I I can't say that I've watched, like, a lot of Jarris Walker film, if you will. You know what I mean? Those types of guys. So we'll, you'll we'll have to tell me your favorite week. prospects. But, yeah, we'll talk about the draft and then free agency right after good that. Good year by you. I think, you you know, you, you had good takes. And – you the good thing about you, people listening, is you do know your stuff like in the hardcore sense. Like you're you're the kind of guy who could watch or know, maybe you just know people, like Bruce Brown, who looked like he was gonna bounce out of the league in Detroit early. And it's like this guy's not a good enough shooter, he's not gonna hang. And you're like, this guy actually has value. And so sometimes it's long simmering and it comes back, you know, Bruce four Brown, years later. Do you know Bruce Brown started the majority of his games his rookie year in Houston? He was the 41st or the 42nd pick. So Denver, 41st pick Jokic, right? 42nd pick Bruce Brown, although another team. KCP was a lottery pick. Michael Porter, 14th. Aaron Gordon, 4th. Murray, 7th. Jeff Green, 5th. Pretty interesting, right? No top two pick, no top three pick. Yeah, it is interesting. Miami, and... same, Miami same deal, though, right? Or I guess, yeah, because Kevin Wallace was like the fifth pick. No top three pick for them either. Cody Zeller was the fourth pick. Yeah. And so we'll do the draft next week. And then maybe after the draft, we'll take a little summer break. You need a little vacation time, I think. Yeah. And, until spend free, and, then, we got, and then free agency we got to talk about. Because this might oh, be a yeah. wild season. Because there's a lot of teams trying to improve on the margins and not that many good players out there. So, all right. That's it for us. 
Great job by you, Zan. Always bringing the heat in terms of. I will say the narrative stuff that you bring to the table is always very interesting. Narrative is, stuff. What about hardcore winners? I always say Takes. that you know Mike a Brown, lot more. Coach of the year. I always say that you know a lot more about basketball than you give yourself credit for, and uh, you always try to like poo-poo that and say that that you know you would much rather like talk about the NBA than you would like watch games. But like when you do get into the weeds, like you're you're very astute about what happens, and so. I think the, that's the biggest compliment I can give you is that like you knew that Denver was properly assembled this year. Like whether or not they win, a lot of things have to go right, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you knew that they were properly assembled. You knew that I'll they take improved. that. I'm going to savor that compliment. It'll keep me warm all year long when you're ripping me apart. What about your bed of money? You're just going to make a comforter out of dollar bills from your win. So that's what, true. Yeah, good, twenty to good twenty week. to one, but he bet one dollar. And we're eight zero right. no in the NFL playoffs, by the way. No, no big deal. Oh, but um. all right, he is Zan <laughs> underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show at xandergellison at gmail.com. Keep in mind the 99 cent store, which I still owe you some updates for. That'll be coming out soon. And uh, as always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.